Euronet Plus Panorama is a weekly review of European news broadcast by our network of EU radio stations. Welcome back to Euronet Plus Panorama. This week, our colleagues from across the block are reporting on concrete measures being taken in their member states and local communities to tackle the energy crisis by reducing energy consumption. You would have to be living in a cave to miss the fact that Europe is staring down the barrel of an energy crisis as we speak. Bulgarian socialist MEP Svetolina Penkova, a member of the European Parliament's Energy Committee, shared some of the measures governments and citizens can take to help prevent things spiralling this winter in a recent interview with BNR. For example, turning down the temperature in public buildings and offices. Data shows that by reducing the temperature by around one degree, we can save about 6% of the energy we normally use. And at home, for example, appliances that are not being used at a given moment should be disconnected from the power grid to avoid energy being continually wasted. Luxembourg, for one has taken the hint. Reducing heating and lighting in public buildings, including nurseries, schools, theatres, museums and swimming pools, is at the heart of the City of Luxembourg's action plan to face the energy crisis. Mayor Lydie Polfer provided more detail. Her comments are shared by 100.7. Energy consumption in those buildings with the highest expenditure will be reduced as soon as possible. In principle, we will reduce the heating by one degree, which will bring energy savings of 6%. In some buildings, we will reduce it by 2 degrees, which will save 12%. Our goal was to introduce concrete measures to achieve the 15% cut in gas consumption prescribed by the government. Further west, Spain's Council of Ministers has just approved a new economic sustainability law that aims, reports S Radio Castilla y León, to reduce energy consumption in administrative buildings, public premises and shops. The new law prevents these buildings being cooled below 27 degrees C or heated above 19 degrees. Their access doors must close automatically and the lights in shop windows should go off by 10 p.m. It also includes measures to replace fossil fuels with renewables. We can't allow ourselves the luxury of losing a single kilowatt hour, said Teresa Ribera, Spain's Minister for the Ecological Transition. Dada la volatilidad. Given the volatility of the energy situation that we are observing in the European and international context, we will continue to pay close attention. We will have to apply all relevant measures, rather by expanding them or incorporating new ones. Responding to the energy crisis is an increasing challenge for all public authorities at all levels of government. With electricity budgets already drained, Councils are even having to resort to turning off the streetlights. Given that the dark winter months still lie ahead, this poses real safety concerns, as Valeris Laxa, technical director of Latvia's Ausstorgawa municipality, tells Latvia's radio. At the moment, this is still in the pipeline. 
The order has not yet been adopted, but I think it will be good to go soon, maybe by the 1st of October. It will be sent to all administrations and institutions with a view to making them as energy efficient as possible. It will also apply, unfortunately, to street lighting and to indoor lighting. We would like everyone not to use heating unnecessarily and use minimal lighting. There are some elements, however, that do not improve things, but on the contrary make them worse. Here too we must be careful not to go to extremes. For example, reducing the temperature of hot water or the amount of it we can use can cause disease. And turning off the lights can lead not only to accidents but also to increased crime. The local authority in Sadu, in the centre of Romania, seems to have solved this problem of safety in the streets by introducing a tele-management system to control its streetlights. Radio Romania asked Sadu's mayor, Valentin Ivan, how this works and what impact it's likely to have. The telemanagement system controls each light according to the time of day and the traffic in the zone. From 1 a.m. onwards, the light intensity drops to a minimum, to around 20% consumption, like a nightlight. Then, even if a cat passes by, the sensor turns at least three lights in front of it on at full intensity. With this telemanagement system, even when doubling the number of lights, and so increasing our bills, we're still below the level of previous year's bills, even with all the price increases that have taken place. Wallonia, in Belgium, has just taken very similar measures on its motorways. Motorways that were previously said to be so well lit that they were visible from space. Denis Cornet, director of Wallonia's Mobility and Infrastructure Service, tells RTBF that the decision to turn off 20,000 lights running along the central reservation between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. was taken with safety firmly in mind. We decided to do this because the central reservation is where the drivers are safest. It is a straight line. At the motorway entrances and exits we opted to leave the lights on, but even these will be dimmed to 30% and will only light up fully when they detect a driver. This means that the conflict areas will be as safe as they were before. The Lua Group has been bringing Wallonia's motorway lights into the 21st century for the past three years. Alexia de Gins, a spokesperson for the group, explains that they can also be operated remotely in the event, for example, of an accident or roadworks. We have placed remote controls on the lights, as well as replacing them with LEDs, which now allows us to adjust them and turn them off and on remotely using our program if there is an accident, roadworks or any other incident. But the responsibility for saving energy does not lie solely with the authorities. Everyone must do their bit. Governments all over Europe are introducing price caps and compensation schemes to protect their hard-hit citizens from the impact of rising energy prices. But although well and good, such schemes do not do much to incentivize citizens to make energy sacrifices. Like some of its fellow member states, the Polish government has unveiled a plan to cap 2023 electricity prices at current levels. But what sets Warsaw's plan apart is that only those households that keep their annual consumption below a strict threshold will benefit from the price cap. And there will be further discounts for those who reduce their electricity use by at least 10%. According to energy expert Jakubik Wojciech, this nuance provides a real incentive to save electricity. 
Polsky Radio reports. Energy prices will be frozen. It's good that some kind of controls are finally emerging. It may not be a perfect solution, because a means-tested sensor would probably be more socially just, ensuring that the aid goes primarily to the poorest. However, it is certainly a way of encouraging efficiency, of getting down as close to 2,000 kilowatt hours as possible by saving energy. These are the first calls for savings that we're hearing from the Prime Minister's office. And while cutting our energy consumption is an important part of the solution, perhaps if we did more to generate our own electricity, we would not feel the pinch quite so much. In Bulgaria, the renowned Balkansky Circus Troupe made the decision to balance out its consumption by doing precisely this. The creative solution it came up with will help to keep its show on the road as that road gets increasingly bumpy in the months ahead. Artistic director Alexander Balkansky Jr. talks to BNR. We have created a mobile solar park which is attached to the roofs of absolutely all the trucks that travel with our circus. When the sun rises, energy is drawn from there and we have rechargeable batteries that store some of this energy. As RTV Slovenia highlights, the Slovenian government is also throwing its full weight behind solar panels. Of course, lighting and heating are not the only drains on our costly and tenuous energy supplies. Significant savings can also be made in the field of mobility. Back in the spring, in a bid to get people out of their cars, the German government introduced a €9 monthly season ticket that would be available for use throughout June, July and August on local and regional transport. With Germany's public transport managed regionally, The nationwide imposition of a single fare was a novel approach, says AMS, and the scheme proved wildly popular, with a whopping 52 million tickets sold. But what now? Regional transport ministers this week agreed that the scheme should relaunch in January. But who is going to foot the not inconsiderable bill? Passengers will certainly be asked to contribute a little more, but Germany's regions want Berlin to pick up much of the financial slack especially as public transport networks are facing not only skyrocketing energy prices, but also a need to modernise. Germany's federal transport minister, Volker Wissing, insists that Berlin is on board. We need a quick decision. That is what citizens expect. The federal government has made advance payments, has put 1.5 billion euros on the table so that we don't let up on our goal of offering modern transport across the board, unbureaucratically, digitally, simply. The hurdles are too great in public transport today. The tariff system is too complex. Entry prices are too high. Some EU countries have gone further still. Luxembourg has offered public transport completely free of charge across its entire national network since March 2020. And Malta plans to follow in its footsteps from the 1st of October this year. That's all, folks. Make sure you come back next week for another look around the Euronet Plus network. 